Ali radiallahu anhu said, the Prophet sallallahu said, the carriers of the Quran will be in the shade of Allah on the day when there will be no shade except his shade. Daylami relates this. Carriers of the Quran, meaning people who have it at heart, who are always focused on it. Alhamdulillah, hamdan kafiran, tayyiban, mubarakan fih, mubarakan alayh, kama yuhibbu rabbuna wa yarda, jalla jalaluhu wa amma nawaluhu. Wa salatu wa salamu ala sayyidil habibil mustafa, sallallahu ta'ala, alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi, wa baraka wa sallama tasliman kafiran ila yawmiddin, amma ba'd. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim, bismillahir rahmanir rahim. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَتْلُونَ كِتَابَ اللَّهِ وَأَقَامُوا الصَّلَاةَ وَأَنْفَقُوا مِمَّا رَزَقَنَاهُمْ سِرًّا وَعَلَانِيَةً يَرْجُونَ تِجَارَةً لَنْ تَبُورُ لِيُوَفِّيَهُمْ أُجُورَهُمْ وَيَزِيدَهُمْ مِنْ فَضْلِهِ Dear respected brothers and sisters, um, we are looking at a very specific uh, detail today regarding uh, reciting the Qur'an. Uh, since this is the first day of Ramadan, there's a book that we're producing called Ma'al Qur'an Al-Kareem by Sheikh Mahmoud Khalil al-Husari, who's one of the great Qaris of Egypt of the last century, of the recent century. So, he's put together all of the hadiths regarding the virtues of reciting the Qur'an. Now, alhamdulillah, many people recite the Qur'an in Ramadan anyway. But when I, when I read this, I was very much inspired. You know, when you're doing something, or you're not doing something. And even if you are doing something and you read the additional bonuses and rewards you're going to get, it just makes you feel even better, alhamdulillah. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the tawfiq to recite and uh, to earn this. So firstly, the verse that I just recited to you from Surah Fatir, which is verse 29 and 30, Allah says, Those who recite the book of Allah, establish the prayer, and give secretly and openly from what we have provided them, they may hope for a trade that will never be at loss. This business that they're doing is going to never be at loss. This is a business with Allah that is never going to lose. What is that? That He will repay them in full and give them extra from His bounty. Because Allah and Allah is most forgiving and most grateful. So that's uh, the verse from Surah Fatir regarding reciting the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praises those who recite the Qur'an in this verse and shows how great a reward that, he's going, they're, going to recite, that they're going to receive. Now, what exactly does reciting mean here? What does he mean by yatluna kitab Allah? Reciting. It doesn't just mean reading the words with the tongue. Right? It doesn't just mean that. Without any kind of reflection or deliberation. But it means when you contemplate it. When you read it and you contemplate it, and you reflect over it, and you're moved by it, not just by a great Qari sound. One is that, mashallah, when some great Qaris, when they recite, you're just moved by the sound, the beauty of the sound. That's one movement. 
that's one being moved. But the real movement is with the meaning, especially if it's coupled with the sound, okay? We enjoy the Quran, now let us try to read the Quran. With the reflecting, uh, it's being spiritually moved. That's what this, that's what this means. Now, Anybody who's moved by the Qur'an, the meaning of the Qur'an, they're going to act upon it. And this is why, look how Allah says, He says those who recite the Qur'an and then they, they do the prayer. So these are actions. So Allah Most High follows this by mentioning the prayer and giving, uh, from, uh, giving charity openly and publicly. Saying that this is your tijara and this is the trade that's not going to fail. And Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu narrates, that the Prophet said, whoever relieves, now listen to this carefully, he mentioned a few things here. He says, the Prophet said, whoever relieves a believer of a difficulty in life, you just help somebody out, remove their trouble, make a phone call, uh, assist somebody, give somebody something, whatever it is, Allah will relieve him of a difficulty on the day of resurrection. Uh, Ramadan is also a, a time of great generosity. Allah is very generous during this month, extra generous. The Prophet ﷺ was extra generous. Believers are generous. So much sadaqah is being given during this month. This is the reward that you'll get. Then after that, the Prophet ﷺ said, whoever gives respite to a person in difficulty, Allah will give respite to him in his life and the hereafter. For example, somebody owes you something and they're in difficulty, they can't pay you then you say, okay, I'm going to give you two more weeks. For example, that's giving respite. One example of giving respite. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, whoever conceals the fault of a Muslim, Allah will conceal him in this life and the hereafter. Our own wrongdoings and shortcomings and defects and um, hidden cobwebs will not be revealed. Inshallah, Allah give us sitr. Allah, Allah protect us. Now, then the Prophet ﷺ said, Allah is in the aid of his servant as long as his servant is in the aid of his brother. As long as we're helping somebody, Allah helps us. That's why always be helping, always be giving, always be helping. Then whoever treads a path to seek knowledge, Allah will facilitate a path for him to paradise. Anytime you've come to the masjid to study, now you've just made a path for paradise for yourself. Now the main part here. No people gather in a house of Allah Most High to recite the book of Allah and study it together except that tranquility comes down upon them. Mercy enshrouds them. The angels surround them. And Allah mentions them to those in His presence. Insha'Allah, this is exactly happening now. We are here to study the book of Allah or study something relating to the book of Allah. So we're also hoping that tranquility is descending and that mercy is uh, encompassing us and the angels are surrounding us and Allah is mentioning us. Then he says, whoever falls behind due to his deeds will not be brought up to speed by his lineage. You can't show off by being from a specific family, even if you're from the Sayyid family, from the Sharif family from the family of the Prophet ﷺ, if your deeds are not going to take you forward. This is a hadith related by Imam Muslim and Ibn Majah. Imam Nawi says, on this hadith, he says that this hadith speaks about the virtues of fulfilling the needs of Muslims, for benefiting other people in whatever way possible, and giving in hardship. 
Okay, the next hadith I'm going to speak about is from Abu Dhar radiallahu anhu, the great Sahabi. He said, I asked, Messenger of Allah, give me some advice. Advise me. Prophet said, have taqwa, God consciousness. Because that is the summit and pinnacle of every affair. It will help you in every situation. For it is, and then he said, the second thing, he said, recite the Qur'an. For it is a light for you on this earth and a treasure for you in the heavens. Ibn Hibban relates this. So recite the Qur'an understanding. Uh, the next hadith of Anas radiallahu anhu, transmitted by Imam Ahmad. He says, the messenger of Allah sallallahu said, there is a select group of people who belong to Allah. Among people, there's a select group. So the Prophet was asked, who are they? Who are these people? He said, the people of the Qur'an are the people of Allah and they are his elite. They're his elite forces in this world. Another hadith from Sahih Muslim, Abu Umama al-Bahiri radiallahu anhu said, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, recite the Qur'an for it will come to its people as an intercessor on the day of resurrection. The Qur'an that we recite will be our solicitor, our advocate, our lawyer in the hereafter. It will defend us. It will take us into paradise. And there's many hadiths related about this. Nu'man ibn Bashir radiallahu anhu said, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa said, the best act of worship for my ummah is the recitation of the Qur'an. But that can't be just recite. It has to be with comprehension. And it's easy. What we usually tell people, and mashallah, a lot of people are doing this, is you recite, but every day also, recite and reflect over one page. Reflecting is not easy, it's, t- it's time consuming, sometimes it's just easy to recite, especially for the hufaz, uh, for meaning the people who memorize the Qur'an, it's very easy to recite, but to reflect is difficult. In fact, people who memorize the Qur'an, who know the Qur'an very well, they can actually recite the Qur'an even when doing something else, multitask. But you can't reflect that way. So at least one page a day. Now this is Ramadan, at least one or two pages minimum. Reflect as well along with your Qur'an reading. And you'll see that your life will just uh, improve because the Qur'an contains all of that. That was from Imam Bayhaqi. Ali radiallahu anhu said, the Prophet sallallahu said, the carriers of the Qur'an will be in the shade of Allah on the day when there will be no shade except his shade. Daylami relates this. Carriers of the Qur'an, meaning people who have it at heart, who are always focused on it. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud anhu said, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu said, you've heard this hadith. This is a very famous hadith, you've heard this one. That whoever recites one letter from the book of Allah will have a good deed. And a good deed is equal to 10 of its like. Allah always gives you bonus, so every one deed you get 10 like it. So every letter gives you 10 deeds. And then he went to clarify. He said, look, I'm not saying that Alif, Lam, Meem is one letter. Alif is one letter. Lam is one letter. Meem is one letter. This is Imam Tirmidhi's narration. So that means just in reading Alif, Lam, Meem, you get 30 rewards. Just Alif, Lam. Then Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Uh, that's, uh, somebody can count that. That's hundreds. Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al said, the Prophet said, the companions of the Qur'an will be told. So in the hereafter, if we've read the Qur'an well with reflection and practice, in the hereafter, when we arrive there, inshaAllah, we'll be told, recite and ascend. Iqra, wartaqi, 
recite and climb up. Recite in a, in a good way, as you used to recite in the world, for your station in paradise will be the last verse that you recite. Imam Abu Dawud and Tirmidhi have related this. So keep reading. The higher you get, that will be your up upgraded paradise. What does it mean by the companions of the Qur'an? Ashabul Qur'an, what does he mean by that? It means anybody who recites and adheres to it, who practices it. The word used here is rattil, which means to recite the Qur'an without hurrying, with clear pronunciation of its letters. So learn the tajweed. MashaAllah, a lot of people in Ramadan, they take tajweed classes because there's more connection with the Qur'an in Ramadan. So usually after Asr or something, um, after Fajr, different times, spend 5-10 minutes at least, find a Qari, find a teacher. Uh, let me correct my Qur'an because maybe we're reading in a uh, Persian, Somali, Gujarati, Punjabi, Pathan style, which may have a lot of mistakes. right? So we need to read it correctly so that we don't make mistakes and we don't change the meaning without realizing. right? Uh, for example, in Arabic, Qalbun means heart and Kelbun means dog. Did you see the difference? Qalbun and Kelbun. So if you don't do Qalbun or Qulub, and you do Kelb, it means dog, and the heart is changed to a dog. And that's just a simple example. There's many other things like that in the Quran. The reader is told in the hereafter, ascend in levels according to the number of verses of the Quran that you will recite. So that means whoever recites the entire Quran will enter will receive and attain the highest level of paradise. And whoever recites a part of it, then he'll get that rank accordingly. So the extent is corresponding to how much you, you recite in this world. Imam Khattabi, who was a great muhaddith and a commentator of the hadith, he says that this hadith by Imam Bayhaqi from Aisha radiallahu anha says this, the number of levels in paradise is the same as the number of verses in the Quran. Did you know that? The number of levels in paradise, same as the numbers of verses in the Quran. Whoever from among the people of the Quran enters paradise will have no rank superior to him because they're in the highest paradise. The Prophet said, Abu Hurairah reports another hadith. The Prophet said that the Quran will come on the day of judgment and say, Lord, uh, adorn him, beautify him. And then that person will be crowned with the crown of nobility. Then the Quran will say, Lord, increase him. So then he'll be adorned with a, a garment of nobility now. Then it will say, Lord, be pleased with him now. Be happy with him. And he'll be told, now, he'll be told, okay, now you can recite and ascend. And he will be given an extra good deed for every verse he recited. This is Imam Tirmidhi's narration. Got another hadith of Tamim al These are all separate narrators as well. It's quite amazing how the Sahaba spoke about this. The Tamim al-Dari radiallahu anhu said, the Prophet said, whoever recites 10 verses, in a night, just 10 verses in a night will be given a kintar measure of reward. What's a kintar? Kintar was a measure they used to use in those days. But 
For Alpa, he says, a qintar is better than the whole world and everything that it contains. Then on the day of resurrection, your Lord will say, recite and ascend a level for each verse. So then he will recite and ascend a level for each verse until he finishes all that he has of the Quran. If he had five Jews, ten Jews, fifteen Jews, whatever. And then he will be told, hold, like grip. So he will hold something and then he'll be asked, do you know what is in your hands? In his right hand will be eternity, forever, being forever there. You're never coming out of this paradise. You know, sometimes people go to a five-star hotel, to a great resort for one week or two weeks. They know it's going to end eventually. Enjoy yourself, but it's going to end. But in this case, it's eternity. This is yours forever now. And in his left hand will be felicity. This is Imam Tabarani relates this hadith. Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As said, the Prophet said, whoever recites the Qur'an, anybody who recites the Qur'an regularly, and then he believes for some reason that there's somebody else who's better than him and more exalted than him for some other reason that they've got more money or they've got, they look better or they've got a better car or something, and you recite the Qur'an but you think that that guy with a car or with some riches or something or position is better than you has exalted what Allah has belittled there's nothing greater than the Quran and he has belittled what Allah has exalted you got it wrong this isn't to say that you don't work and you don't earn a living it's not to say that say that if you've got the Quran you've got the highest reward then he said, it is not befitting for the carrier of the Qur'an to act foolishly as others do, or to become angry as others do, or to become agitated as, as others do. Rather, he should be a person who forgives and pardons due to the virtue of the Qur'an. That's what the Qur'an should do for us, and may Allah allow us, may Allah make the Qur'an do that for us. That, that's, you know, constant reading and reflection will teach us these morals and character so we can become good character like that. Imam Abu Abdurrahman al-Sulami. So he used to teach people Quran and if somebody finished the Quran, he would seat them before him, put his hand on their head and say, now fear Allah, for I know no one to be better than you if you act on what you know now. You have the best treasure. You just have to act on it now. There's nobody better than you. Now, there's a, uh, one of the benefits you get from good recitation of the Qur'an. There's a famous hadith, Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, radiyallahu anhu, he narrates, that there was another Sahabi called Usaid ibn Hudayr. Usaid ibn Hudayr. One day, Usaid ibn Hudayr was reciting Qur'an in his stable. Uh, meaning, he had a house. Next door to that, you usually, if you've seen in many countries, they actually have like a little room, a little shack like a stable for your camel or your horse. It's like your garage. Like imagine you were reciting in your garage. Okay? He had his son with him. Maybe he was, uh, I don't know where his wife was, but he had his son lying there next to him. So he's looking after his son. Right? And he was reciting the Quran. As he started to recite, the horse began to move around. He was probably held with a, with a rope, but he started to move around. And he carried on reciting. And he the, the horse is getting excited. So then Usaid, he stopped. 
because he was scared that this horse might get too excited and trample or kick the child who was lying with him. So then I finished and I looked up and I saw something resembling like a cloud above my head which some, with something resembling lights ascending into the sky and the end of it I could not see. So this is the experience he had at night, like lights coming out. So he comes to the Prophet ﷺ in the morning and he said, Ya Rasulullah, last night I was reciting and uh, the horse began to move. I carried on reciting and then the horse, but I got fearful of my son. He told him the whole story and then he said, I saw this. The in between all of this, the Prophet ﷺ kept saying, you should have recited, you should have recited, you should have carried on reciting because that was a very special experience. So the Prophet ﷺ finally told him, those were angels that were listening to you. Those were angels that were listening to you. If you had continued to recite, they would have become visible to the people and no longer veil from them. Now, when we recite, the angels also appear then. It's just we don't probably look around to look for them. Have you ever looked? After you recite, you look up. Where are the angels? Has anybody ever looked? Have you tried to look? No. Maybe try to look. You might see them. But if not, then they're there. Right. Has anybody seen the Kiram and Katibin? The noble writers? By the way, which one is Kiram and which one is Katibin? A good question for the Edmonton brothers. Which one is Kiram and which one is Katibin? They're both. That's really cool, mashallah. Alhamdulillah. You got it right. Some people think this is Kiram and this is Katibin. Hey, hello Kiram, how are you? You know. Kiram and Katibin, Kiram just means uh, noble, and Katibin means writers, it's a plural word, so they, they're both noble writers. You can give your own angels, if you develop a relationship with them, you can give them your names, pet names or something. They've been with us since birth, mashallah. Allah Ta'ala make us good for them. The next hadith is from Abu Musa al-Ash'ari radiallahu anhu. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa said, the example of a believer who recites the Qur'an is like a citron. Not the car, but citron is a certain type of fruit. It's a citrus fruit, right? Has a very good smell and has a very good taste. So it tastes good and it smells good. Then the Prophet ﷺ said the example of a believer who does not recite the Qur'an is that of a date. Now, dates are good, right? But he's saying it has no smell. Dates don't usually have a smell like the citrus fruit, right? But it tastes sweet. But we want both. We want to be like a date and a citron. Then he said the example of a hypocrite who recites the Quran but doesn't have belief is that of a basil. Basil. It smells good. Basil smells wonderful, but it tastes very bitter. You have to use it very selectively. Very sparingly. That's Imam Bukhari and Imam Muslim narrate this hadith. Imam Nawi said that this hadith is actually about the, about the virtue of the one who has memorized the Quran. Now look at this one. Do you, does anybody have trouble reading the Quran? They struggle with reading in, the, in terms of the tajweed or in terms of because you know, they didn't, you know, they, they struggle with it. 
There's a hadith about that in Sahih Muslim. Aisha radiallahu anha reports that the Prophet said, the skilled reciter of the Quran, the one who's skilled, who knows how to recite the Quran well, okay, his reward is that he's going to be with the noble and virtuous Safara angels. The Safara angels, Safir, Sufara, Safara, is a very special category of angels. In the hereafter, he's going to be with them. This is the skilled one, the one who knows how to recite. But the one who recites with great difficulty, stuttering while doing so, you still try, you don't give up. There's people who say, I don't enjoy my prayers, so what's the point of praying? It comes with practice. You keep praying and praying and eventually you perfect it. Right? You don't play football once and I don't enjoy this because I can't really get, 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 really get to kick the ball. You know? And I never got the ball. Well, you, know, you do have to play a bit more to, to get used to it. Right? So this person, difficulty, stuttering, he gets two rewards. MashaAllah. He gets two rewards. One for reading and one for the effort and the difficulty. Now, which one is better? See, the first one, this guy gets two rewards, but the first one, the skilled one, he's going to be with the Safara angel. So that's a very high level anyway. Abdullah ibn Umar, radiallahu anhu, reports that the Prophet wasallam said, one should not be envious. Like, you should never be jealous of anybody except two people. Now, the jealousy he's talking about here is a specific type of jealousy. But you know when you look at somebody who's got something and you're like, man, I wish I had that thing. Why has he got it? Why don't I have it? The only allowed to have jealousy for two people. One is a person to whom Allah has given the Quran and who lives by it day and night. If there's a person like that, be jealous of him. Right? And the other one is a person to whom Allah has given wealth. A lot of people are jealous of people with wealth. No. This is a person who has been given wealth, but he gives it away day and night. MashaAllah, he's able to give so much and help so many people. Man, I wish that was me. Uh, the jealousy spoken about here is not jealousy. See, two types of jealousy. One is negative jealousy, which is, man, why does he have you burn inside and you think, why has he got it? He shouldn't have it. May something bad happen to him. Positive jealousy is it's called envy, ghibta in Arabic, which is that he's got it, mashallah, you've got it. I wish I had it as well. Oh Allah, give it to me as well. I don't want him to lose it, but I want... Me to have it as well. That's beautiful jealousy. You can do that for everything and in anything. But you could do that for anything. But he's saying here that if jealousy, even negative jealousy, bad jealousy was permitted for anything, it would be for these things, nothing else. But it's not permitted even for these things. That's what this hadith means. Like if you really want to be jealous of somebody, not be, don't be jealous of somebody who's got lots of money or whatever but the one who gives it in the path of Allah, who is generous, and the one who has the Qur'an. Be jealous of those kind of people. Bukhari and Muslim, this hadith. Ibn Kathir said, uh, the great Mufassir, Ibn Kathir says, the significance of these hadith is that the one who carries the Qur'an should be envied. Like you should really look up to somebody who has the Qur'an, because such a person is in such a good state that so one should be envious of them. And uh, yeah. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to think in the right way. May Allah allow us to think in the right way. Uh, the point of a lecture is to encourage people to act, to get further, an inspiration, an encouragement, persuasion. The next step is to actually start learning seriously, to read books, to take on a subject of Islam and to understand all the subjects of Islam, at least at their basic level, 
so that we can become more aware of what our deen wants from us. Uh, and that's why we started uh, Rayyan courses, so that uh, you can actually take organized lectures uh, on demand whenever you have free time, especially, for example, the Islamic Essentials uh, course that we have on there, the Islamic Essentials Certificate, which you take 20 short modules. And at the end of that, inshallah, you will have gotten the, the basics of uh, most of the most important topics in Islam and you'll feel a lot more confident. You don't have to leave lectures behind. You can continue to, leave, uh, you know, to listen to lectures, but you need to have this more sustained study as well. Jazakallah khair and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.